Hey guys, I just wanted to take this opportunity and inform you about our amazing virtual summit called the Game Changers Summit coming up in January 21st, 22nd, 23rd. It features some of the biggest thought leaders and game-changing speakers from around the world. It is for established business owners and entrepreneurs that are stuck, that are plateaued, and are ready to take things to the next level. We're going to give you some new ideas, some new tools, some new tactics, some new strategies. We're going to be going through all of the amazing stuff to do with leadership, to do with marketing, branding. We're going to give you so much great value. It's insane. And guess what? It's free. Yes, that's right. It is free. If you want to take the opportunity and come and join us for the three-day event, I shit you not, it's going to be one of the biggest, baddest, biggest events in the whole world. Uh, So make sure that you click on thegamechangersummit.com and make sure you click on that because it's a free event. You cannot miss it for no no, no love, no money. So I will see you there January 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and uh, we'll see you there. Take care. Bye. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and a welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we had another great show lined up for you guys. I'm super excited about today. Today we're going to be speaking with a guy called Alex Brookman. He's originally from Germany, but now lives in British Columbia in Canada. Who is Alex? Well, Alex is a strategy entrepreneur. He's built and scaled numerous companies in and around Europe and North America. He's got a new book coming out very, very soon. We're yet to be confirmed on the release date of that. And he's also got a framework, which is all based around the nine elements of organizational identity, which we'll talk about throughout this episode today as well, about how you can build a better business using those nine elements. And he's also got a summit, which we'll also talk about in this episode as well, and how we how he came to what's the sort of ticking points from, from around that, really. So some of the things that we're going to be covering in this episode today, guys, we're going to be talking about some of the common pitfalls of how why business owners, uh, what business owners make when it comes to business strategy. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, Alex's nine elements, of course. We're going to be talking about the disconnect and why a disconnect happens in teams and how that relates back to strategy. We're also going to talk a little bit about culture because culture um, as my uh, good friend Gary Ridge, which is the CEO of WD40, who we spoke uh, yesterday, he talks a lot about how culture eats strategy for breakfast. So maybe we've got some kind of some polar opposites or some differing opinions off the back of that. Um, so uh, that's what we'll be covering today. So first of all, Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Adam. Great to be here. Likewise. All right. Um, listen, um, interesting because I know that we're well, we're 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 newly weds, if you like. We're newly you know, we're newly connected, if you like. And, uh, you know, I found that your profile was very fascinating. And for me, I kind of see you as a, what I call an up and coming kind of mini influencer at this stage. And you're really putting a lot of great stuff out there. And I love that about you. And that I think that's what really um, 
that's where we share really good common values. But how did you get into the whole kind of, you know, wanting to start up your own business, entrepreneurship? You know, it's not, it's not easy, as you know, uh, and I'm sure that you've embarked on that many, many times over. But how did you get to, to where you are right to, to where you are today? Tell us a little bit more about the backstory. I think I, it's two major elements. So my first business, um, I founded that when I was in my early 20s. Um, it was more or less a side hustle. Um, nice. I tasted the entrepreneurial um, uh, scent, if you want, and uh, I loved it. Um, over time, it developed, um, and I started a career in a large media organization, um, went into management consulting, and eventually landed in a very small company. Again, very small meaning the founder and me. So we built up this company, and even if I was not the company owner, I had to run it as if I were the owner from a purely entrepreneurial perspective. Right. So that's in a nutshell, the past 20 years. Now, when I moved to Canada two years ago, um, I had to make a choice. Do I want to build a new business here? Do I want to work as an employee again? What is it that I want to do? And if you've ever been self-employed, if you've ever had your own company and you loved it, there is no way you will go back and being employed. <laughs> I guess I'm unemployable by that point in time. Right. So I said, of course, I'm going to um, found my own business. The question was, would it be similar to what I did before? Or would I take the knowledge of the past 20 years and build something new with it? And I decided to build something new with it. It's still in the strategy space. So don't get me wrong. I do consult with companies and entrepreneurs um, from personal brand businesses to you name it on the question of how do I design and implement a successful business strategy? Mm. But I don't do it as I did it before, like a lot of workshops, face-to-face, -face, flying around the world. Um, I said, I want to have a minimal um, carbon footprint. I want to help preserve the environment for my son. I have a two-year-old son. So I want to do my part. Um, and I want to still build a business that is not depending on me as a person as much as my previous businesses. Right. So that's when I decided to create something with impact that helps people on, learn about strategy, discover strategy in a new way and use it on their terms. So I still work with companies also um, like physically around here, face-to-face, -face, um, running workshops and stuff. But um, most of the work that I put out there it's, it's virtual, it's digital, it's available for everyone in the world, and especially for people that do not have the funds to hire the McKinsey's of this world. I mean, right. I, I work with them as a client. I've been a management consultant on my own. I learned so much about strategic frameworks. What I do now is I repackage that stuff and make it available to people, let's say, through channels that work for them in their business, that are super cheap in comparison to hiring an expensive consultancy, because I believe knowledge should be available for everyone. I agree, 100%. But I suppose there's also an element of, you know, I mean, you you kind of touched on about the fact that, you know, there are some uh, companies out there or individuals that might not be able to, uh, you know, afford. There's also an element of what I call scarcity money mindset, if you like, and you've probably heard of that analogy before. And, um, you know, and, and I suppose... 
even though this this call is not about you know integrity and selling with integrity and things like that because you know i'm a big fan of of that integrity and stuff like that i mean there's also an this kind of realization alex of you know have it you know if you've been trawling on and you've you know you, you've had like very little growth or your 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 kind of your company is decaying at a slow rate right it's kind of slowly death you know it's kind of this you know bite the bullet and do you know what you're gonna have to step up i mean it, it, have, you, have you ever had those conversations with people before typically the companies that approach me or the entrepreneurs or brand Both. businesses individuals that approach me yeah they approach me from a realization that they can do way more than they did until now um so it's typically not the decaying businesses that come uh, work with me Got it's it. the people that see that they can do way more, but sometimes they just don't fight the right angle. They don't have that, that key that unlocks their potential right? Um, because they are lacking tools and approaches in order to actually achieve that. They never lack knowledge. They are true experts of their craft. I don't tell them how to do their business differently. I help them access that knowledge and formulate that, formulate it into a cohesive, coherent strategy um, and when I use that term, I really mean a business strategy. We would take a look at the business and we, we fill the existing gaps. We fill the holes that prevent, prevent them from reaching that next level. So we, I help them break through that glass ceiling in their growth, in their, um, in, in their like just from, from a revenue perspective, and we make it extremely measurable. So it's not just fluffy up in the clouds vision statements that we write down we actually make that stuff really tangible so that they know what to focus on in their businesses i help them create clarity and x and, and really implementable executionable strategy in order to live a more fulfilled life as an entrepreneur to create the profits that you need in order to provide for yourself and your family Right. And have this, the, the mental space, maybe even the funds in order to create a true impact in the world, to leverage your business, to help the society, to help communities you're operating, to, to help protect the environment, whatever it might be you're passionate about. Love it. Very cool. Very good. Um, it's interesting because, I mean, your, your um, experience and you've highlighted about the fact that you worked with, you know, kind of your entrepreneurs, you know, wanting to you know, uh, I suppose, create freedom or liberation or whatever you want to call it. And then you've worked with like the, the slightly bigger businesses, which is kind of more in the B2B space, which is very, very different in how, yes. I suppose, in how you operate and how you work as well. Um, but from a strategy perspective, I mean, how does that differentiation I mean, what is the, the real differences, not just working with the clients, but how do how does strategy work differently? I mean, is it kind of like, would you say like this, you know, as a one fits size all type approach, or is it kind of more of a bespoke thing depending on, depending on what they want to achieve vision wise? What, what's your thoughts on that? The approaches and tools that you use in order to create clarity on where yes. you want to be in the future with your business and how you get there they are exactly the same, right? They are the tools. It's like, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you drive a Porsche or whether you drive, let's say a family van, yeah. it still brings you to your goal, to your destination, right? True. So it's just 
a matter of how do you use those tools in a bespoke way so they make sense for you. A small business doesn't need a dashboard of 100 KPIs to measure to see whether they are moving <laughs> in the right direction. True, true, true. 10 might just be fine. Absolutely. Whereas larger companies might need to break down their vision and their strategy into a balanced scorecard with maybe even hundreds of different measurement criteria that they take a look at on an operational basis, not on a strategic level necessarily. It's really about the scope and the speed that differentiates large organizations from small companies. And I give you an example. Go on. The work that I do with large B2B clients, and we're talking global companies, where 30 executives from around the world would meet for a two-day face-to-face workshop. Mm-hmm. The work that I do with them in those two days, I do in three one-hour sessions with personal brand businesses. It's just an extremely different way of engaging the people. If you run a small business, if you are maybe even a solopreneur, there are very few people that need to engage. You can move fast. You can take decisions. Whereas larger organizations, you need to maneuver just the area, right? You need to engage people. You need to make sure that they are on board, that they feel heard, that you don't unintentionally build up um, resistance. Um, it's just a whole, a whole different game to navigate a strategy process within a larger organization than it is for a yeah. small company. Cool. All right. That sounds good. Um, because you work with, you know, because they're two very different types of clientele. You know, they are two different types of clientele. Um, I guess from your perspective, have you found any common patterns, whether it be behavioral patterns or operational patterns that you thought, you know what, these guys are making the same mistakes over and over again. I see it. (laughs) You get what I'm saying, right? What have you you found uh, are those common patterns? What do you need to look out for? That's such a great question because it's actually true. There, there are some similarities. It really doesn't matter whether you're a small company or a multinational. Right. Um, where, where most companies and entrepreneurs struggle is actually unlocking that strategic acumen, actually having the ability to think and act strategically. Mm-hmm. While you do that, while you create your strategy, you need to let go of your operational brain. You need to let go of the things you do day in and day out. Um, it, because if you, if you don't, if you hold on to that, yes. you just created the space in which you build your new strategy. True. It's built on what you are right now. And that's not what you want. A new strategy invariably needs to bring along change, something new, something that scares the hell out of you. And we don't <laughs> want to go there because we don't want to scare the hell out of us. Yep. So we build a strategy based on our knowledge, based on what we today do. And that's not strategy. That's operational excellence. That's organic involvement. Strategy is radical. Strategy is something that lifts you into, into, onto levels, onto new heights that you could not imagine if you did your business as you do it today. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand that letting go of your day-to-day is a prerequisite to put you in a mindset, in a space, in a mental space that allows you to create strategy. And that is the same issue for everyone, whether you are a CEO of a multinational or a solopreneur. Love it. Love it. Very cool. Um, I suppose my, 
I suppose the the next thought process for me is is you know we, we're living in the age of uh, wanting more connection you know especially living in the digital world where yeah. you know less people are working in the office more people working from home and we all thrive on connection whether it be within uh, businesses whether it be you know personal connections on a on a sort of personal level or whatever it might be but where does the disconnect come from when it comes to okay you know we've got kind of you know you've got your boss and uh, he outlines you know 2022's big business strategy or big business vision but the big problem is is that six months down the down the line when you're evaluating you know where people where we're at in terms of as a team you know you're just not meeting to the expectations or there's this kind of like what's the word I'm looking for is that there is this kind of they're just falling short of the marker if that makes sense where do yeah. you think that disconnect comes from why why is what's the cause of that and and what are what are the implementation um, implementations of the back of that I think you already kind of pointed into that direction as human beings we thrive on connections yeah that's what we mean it, it, it what makes us human after all right and if we translate this concept of connection into the world of strategy, it's exactly the same. If wow. you have a CEO standing in front of the, of the entire company town hall meeting presenting right. on the new vision, the CEO and their leadership team most likely has had quite some time to figure it out. Right. There was a lot of thought that went in there. Yeah. Long process. A lot of work in there, a lot of aspiration and emotions in it. Now they stand there and present it. And for many, it's the first time that they hear it. And they're like, I just don't see myself in there. Where do I fit in? Where is my connection into this game? How can I contribute? Yes. Uh, that is not a really motivating goal for me. I don't care about the next billion in revenue how does that relate to me and my place in this company yes and that's what so many companies forget they forget that the moment they present a new strategy they have if if, if things really go south they have created it in their ivory tower mm -hmm. let's assume they have not done that mistake and have included a lot of people across the ranks and across all areas in the company they still forget that for them, this might be old stuff now. They, are, they totally thought it through, they understand everything. But 95% of the organization probably don't. And then they forget and make this huge mistake of not investing into helping people understand where they fit in. This is the biggest mistake that I've seen in organizations. Sure. Large strategy projects, they throw millions at big uh, consulting companies that help them through the process. Then they hold this 400 page PowerPoint deck in their hands <laughs> and, and then what, you know, it's and two things need to happen. First, the entire leadership population of the company needs to understand how they drive the implementation of the strategy. People drive strategy implementation, absolutely. not organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So that's step number one. They need to understand it. And that happens through a two-way dialogue. People that are involved in the strategy creation talk to the next level. They talk to the people that need to implement it. So as a team leader, as the leader of a business unit, I need to understand what my role is in making this happen. And then the crucial pieces that I as a leader then want to have the same conversation, the same dialogue with my people in my team and help them make sense out of that. 
What does this big audacious strategy mean for us? What's our contribution? What is it that motivates each individual? Um, because if you understand how you contribute to something bigger, it's motivating. That's how Wikipedia came to life. Sure. People working for free because they saw that they contributed something and it, it made them proud. Sure. So, but then understand just the first step. The second step is, as I said, a new strategy needs to bring about change, something that is difficult to grasp how we actually get there. True. And it means I probably don't have the skills or talents in order to go in that direction. So understanding is the first step. Accepting that new reality where we're building towards is the next. And then I need to understand what resources do I have to make it happen. And resources right. means, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to do that. Whom can I talk to? Where can I get training? Where can I get mentorship? Where can I get coaching? All these things play a huge role in making strategy implementation successful. The problem is most CEOs don't see that issue because for them, it's old stuff. They thought it through. They have their strategy in place, checkbox off to the next topic. And then they forget that this is maybe a two-year process mm -hmm. of implementing it, of taking everyone with you. Um, and that's where companies then, then say things like, but that's so expensive to train everyone. Yeah, right. And the 5 million you put into the business in the past two years to get that strategy up and running in the first place, they would be completely in vain if you forget to do that. True. So the, the damage, the cost of no action here is way, way bigger than the money that you invest into training your people, into having those dialogues, into making everyone understand what their role in the game is. Love it, love it, love it. Hope you guys are um, uh, really enjoying some of our conversations. Like we're really going deep in terms of business strategy. I don't think we've ever had the opportunity to really go super deep, but this is this is some great stuff, guys. And if you haven't already got your notebook and pen handy, or even if you're in the gym right now, or just listening into it on on your commute into work, trust me. Make sure that you that you make a note of where you're going to get those value bombs from, and uh, and then you can go back to the podcast and quickly write them down when you can. So just wanted to point that out to you. But some good stuff, good stuff there, Alex. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Um, there, there was something else that came off the back of that actually. But before I kind of ask that question, um, a good friend of mine. Uh, who's the CEO of uh, WD40, a uh, billion-dollar company uh, based out of San Diego, California. And we're good friends. Not only is he, we're good friends, we have excellent haircuts. We're both bald. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of our, um, you, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that, you know, they've over a 20, well, over the last sort of 10 years in particular, they've he's taken the business from, $250 million to now $3.2 billion, which is crazy, exponential growth. Um, but he also, you know, when we talked about it, we came to the conclusion that, you know, culture is more important than strategy. Now, you're a business strategist. You've been working in this game for, you know, absolutely an, 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 an extraordinary amount of years, working with different companies and different sizes. How, as, uh, in, in context, how much do you agree with that statement? Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts are about that, first of all. And secondly, what's your reasons for the answer? I accept that people quote Peter Drucker 
who has supposedly said that company eats strategy for breakfast. Right. I understand that and I respect that. Yes. And there are many ways to look at it and see that, that this is a true quote. Sure. Um, I always struggled with it to a certain degree because I always saw business strategy as something more than just strategy. Right. I always saw strategy as a defining factor for culture. The question to me is where does culture come from? And culture is what happens if no one is looking. Ideally, what happens if no one is looking is that people know what they need to do in order to make that strategy a reality, that visionary ability to implement strategy. If you've done a good job as a company leader, and that's what I explained earlier, right. translating strategy into action, helping everyone understand what their part is, and then giving them the means in order to do it. If you've done that, you create a performance culture because people will not accept that someone is just coasting. Mm. People will always see what they do in order to contribute. It will motivate them. It will push the teams forward. And if you establish a, a performance culture that includes the ability to give feedback properly. It includes that we build functional teams where everyone holds each other accountable. I don't wait for the boss to call out weak behavior or poor behavior. <laughs> I can do this myself. Right. And if, if, if I do that, I create a performance culture. So yes. the strategy process as such is forming the culture, it's building it. Because it. what is culture? Culture is not the the table football in the hall culture is not the, the 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 bowl of fruit and free water for everyone this this is not culture these are perks um, absolutely culture is the written down and inofficial accepted behaviors in an organization that's yes. what culture is sure and if i am able to use the strategy process as a vehicle to establish a culture of belonging, a culture of understanding what my place is, a culture where everyone sees how they contribute. This creates such motivation, such team uh, spirit that you create a new culture. That requires leaders that understand their role as leaders, not as managers necessarily, mm. that understand their role in creating the dialogue that's needed for that, that live by example and lead by example. Mm. Um, so having said that, I kind of disagree with the statement. Mm. I know where it comes from, but having been through similar processes with many different organizations, I see how a a well-executed uh, strategy process can shape and form a new culture. So I would say culture forms strategy for breakfast. Interesting. I love that. You know, it, it, I think there's one thing that really um, came off the back of that conversation is, is that actually you're saying that strategy is kind of the front runner, if you like, but really in reality, they symbiotically work in synergy with each other for them to work does that make sense am i on the right lines what do you think you cannot implement a strategy against an organization 
if you come up with the greatest organizational strategy ever been designed, it will still fail if you don't prepare your organization for it, and if you don't take the people right. with you. That's where this term culture, it's strategy for breakfast originates from. Got it. So I, I totally agree. It needs to be a hand in hand thingy, but in the end, when I use the term strategy, what I really mean is the design and implementation of something great yeah. that must include the people. Makes it, sense. It, there is no way you can decide, design and implement a strategy without putting people at the center of this yeah. strategy. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Otherwise, it's a pipe dream. It's a theoretical construct. It's, cons it's consisting of, I don't know, numbers and reportings and balance scorecards and god knows what <laughs> but it doesn't get you anywhere no i agree people yep absolutely yep very cool um now i know we haven't really had the opportunity to talk about your nine elements um which you've oh we did you know, we did oh, we, inherently oh we, we're, we've done some <laughs> of it though haven't we? we we've kind of done some of it but but in terms of like you created the framework around like nine elements and um, can you just kind of like just give us a, a real really simple scope of what those nine elements look like absolutely so we talked already about vision and strategy and goals yes, absolutely those sit at the at the i would say if if you imagine three circles right yes. the inner circle is who you are it's your identity it's got it the purpose mission and principles of an organization and that includes behavioral principles it includes values it includes bigger companies have a code of conduct for example that sits in there and your and the impact that you want to make through your business so yes. you take that purpose that intent and do something with it and that becomes your impact so purpose impact mission principles that's what sits at the core of your identity got it then you take this and create a vision where the company wants to be in several years mm -hmm. um and, the, and you formulate the strategic goals around them. You build this entire thing into a strategy map. Um, the term comes from Kaplan and Norton who created it. So it's a visual depiction of the connections of your strategic framework that you use, right? So what is it that you do? Why do you do it? And where does it lead to? And then the last circle around that then gives you the management systems and capabilities and individual targets to put this into action. That's what we talked about when I said, everyone needs to understand how they contribute, yes. right? That's their individual targets. They need to have the capabilities, which includes providing training, providing coaching, providing mentoring. And the management systems that you have in place in order to run your company, they typically are in place to help you maintain the status quo. They need to be adjusted to what you need, what you want to build. So if you have a new strategy in place and you hold on to your old management system, that's not going to work. <laughs> Those are the nine elements in a nutshell. Love it. Very cool. Um, interesting kind of thought here. And, you know, listen, most of our listeners are, you know, are kind of six to seven figure business owners, I guess. And, you know, that, you know, different strategy. I mean, you kind of, the great thing about our conversation is, you know, there are some similarities, but there's also some differentiations between strategy and how one looks like from bigger to smaller organizations. But for the for the kind of like the, the, the kind of businesses that have small teams um, and, you know, maybe they're kind of in a um, period of where they 
realize that well the the business owner realizes that actually you know what we need you we need a different change change of direction we need to move somewhere slightly differently we need to go in a different way um is when in terms of business strategy what are the what are these three i suppose top tips with regards to trying to formulate you know when it comes to a strategy and and look and relooking at um maybe relooking at it every sort of three or six months, whenever, however that looks like. But any tips for some of our listeners when it comes to uh, creating a new strategy or just revising an old strategy? You do have a strategy in place. If you, if you, have, if you have it written down or if it's only in your head, there is something you call a strategy. Right, most sure, likely. sure. And this is where the issue starts. If it's not written down, if it's not following a concise framework, it's just inconsistent thoughts that make sense in your head that's why you need to write it down the moment you write you crystallize your thinking and you can just challenge and check whether that actually makes sense or yeah. whether it's just a theoretic pipe dream you know what i mean so <laughs> you, you need it. to write it down that's yeah. the first thing there are many different frameworks that you can use in order to visualize and to formulate your strategy but you need to do it why? Because the devil is in the detail. Once you have your vision, meaning the goal where you want this company to be in, let's say, two or three years, yes, you need to break it down into measurable pieces. If you do not, and I love what you said, Adam, if you do not sit down every four to six months and just pause for a day mm. and see whether you are actually on the right track and you're measuring those measuring criteria, those KPIs yes. that you need to measure that tell you whether you're moving into the right direction or not. If you don't do that, that's like um, st stepping out of your front door, be like, oh, I love that mountain. And then you start walking, but you never lift your head up. You always look onto the ground. Chances are you don't make it. Mm. So that, that's why you need to have those checks. So tip number one, write it down, whichever framework you want to use, write it down because writing it down will, in, will also at the same time be the starting point to communicate with your people, with your team, with your suppliers. Yep. Um, you can run a, a seven-figure business all on your own. You can be a solopreneur with a very thriving business, but there are still people that contribute to it. And if they understand what their contribution is and why, they can start thinking on their own it's not that right. you tell them what to do you enable you empower them to contribute on their own terms based on their ideas they contribute stuff you would have never thought about right so write it down it's a starting point for everything number right. two check regularly whether you are moving the needle on your main strategic kpis if you don't move the needle on your main strategic kpis something is off either you are measuring the wrong stuff which is bad but not as bad as running into the entire wrong direction so you need you need to understand strategy as a i don't want to say moving target because that's not what it is it is a living organism it is something that you want to achieve but the way will morph there is something that will change over the course there will be opportunities presenting themselves that you had no idea of and other other things just won't work that you wanted to do in order to get to that goal so the ability to act and think strategically includes the ability to ask yourself questions like, 
What do I not know right now? What am I doing wrong? Why are we not moving the needle on these pieces with the activities and projects that we thought would get us there? So it's, it's this quest for truth as much as possible, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Very cool. Love it. Um, I know we're kind of coming towards the end of our conversation and stuff, but um, fascinated to learn more about your, 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 your summit that's coming up and what, what, what was the big idea there? Because I know, well, even our, our listeners know how I bark on about the fact that summits are extremely hard work. But tell us a bit more about that <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and how, where did the idea come from? Last year, I um, attended Professor Henderson's course at Harvard Business School about sustainable business strategy. Nice. And she has this sentence that businesses need to do well while doing good. Or she actually says it the other way around. You need to do good while doing well. Nice. You, if you make a lot of money, be sure you also do the right things in order to earn this money. So Love it. Don't, don't operate in a way that destroys the environment that is harmful for people um, that goes against ethical guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And that sentence just stuck in my head. Like <laughs> I, I couldn't get rid of it, even if I wanted. Uh, I didn't want to get rid of it because I loved it so much. So I asked myself, wait a second, Alex, what can you do with your business to help create a ripple effect, to help raise awareness about how businesses can be super profitable and have a positive impact on people on the planet. Yes. So I said, okay, let's bring together some people. And I reached out to, I don't know how many people. And um, <laughs> we, we, over, over the course of three days in February, February 1st to, to 3rd, we have an amazing roster of speakers talking about exactly those things. On day one, we will talk about what, how can businesses create real impact? We talk to ecopreneurs, we talk to CEOs, of environmental protection agencies. We talked to um, people in the um, diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging space. How can you build workplaces that are fit for high performance? Nice. On day two, we talk about building businesses based on value creation. What is value? Everyone talks about it, but what, what is it? I invited... Um, Felix Oberholzergi, um, the head of strategy at the Harvard Business School, to, to talk to us about value creation. He will join us and we'll talk to us based on his new book. How do you create value? How do you capture value? Mm. We have um, Hermann Simon, the veteran consulting founder um, of Simon Kucher and Partner with us. They have more than 40 offices around the world. They are the leader in, in pricing when it comes to pricing of your services and your products. So it's all about value and profit on day two. And cool. on day three, we talk about us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, because let's be frank, it's not all fun and games. It's often draining. It's a lot of work that we put in there and we need to take care of ourselves. We are, we are, are the biggest asset that we have. If we don't take care of that asset, we're not in it for the long game. So we talk about burnout recovery, suicide prevention, mental health, physical health, um, managing your energy systems, all these things play an important role for us as entrepreneurs to play the long game, to be in there for the marathon, not for one sprint after the next, it just burns us out. Love it. And as, do you know what? I, I really love the flow of that as well. 
Um, I think it really flows really well. So congratulations on that, by the way. And I hope it all goes Thank well. You. And for you guys that are interested in joining Alex on the summit, we're going to leave the links uh, and leave the links below. So feel free to, by the way, it, it, they can just click on the links and sign up through there, right? It's entirely free to join. So there you go. Um, You've got no excuses. Free, <laughs> and um, it's a not-for-profit event. So I don't make money with it. You do have the chance to uh, buy VIP packages uh, in order to have longer access to the recordings. Longer means lifetime. There right. are additional, um, I would say, really, really cool things that you can uh, buy with these VIP packages that sure. help you be more successful in your business. But all the profits that we make through it, they go to childhood cancer charities for research and to environmental protection agencies. So that's my way of creating a ripple in, in the Fantastic. world. Fantastic. Love it. Love the cause and uh, love love what you're about. And, uh, and I love that. I, I love the fact that you're really stepping up, you know, because we need uh, more people that's to step up in this world. And uh, you know, I, I, I always talk, I always talk a, a lot about, you know, we, we talk on Clubhouse a lot about the importance of value, but value, it means so much to, so, you know, it's, it's very different from person to person. It's very hard to put something that, you know, like a thing or a number or whatever it is, because it is very different from person to person. The perceptual reality is different, but I think you're doing a great thing. And I think uh, I, I say good luck. Thanks to so that. much. Cool. Listen, just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you and spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you very much for having me, Adam. Awesome. So guys, listen, um, hope you uh, have enjoyed some of our conversations with me and Alex. If you would like to reach out to Alex, please do click on any of his links on the links below. You can do that. And if you have any questions for him, please also mention this particular podcast so that he can put two and two together. Make sure that you also check out uh, the summit. What's the name of the summit called, by the way? The summit is called Legacy, the premier strategic business event. And you can just register directly via my website, alexthestrategist.com. Perfect. Awesome. So you guys, you know what you need to do now, right? Okay. You've got your orders. Make sure you go and do that. It's a free event. You've got, it's a no brainer. Um, listen, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Make sure that you check out some of our other previous episodes as well. Uh, we've got some amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, thanks very much for listening in and uh, we'll see you again from me and Alex. We'll see you soon. Take care. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Game Changers Experience. I would be gratefully appreciated if you could leave a good or a bad review. It doesn't matter, one or a five-star review, whichever you prefer, on any of the platforms, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care. See you soon.